0: Welcome to the Art Impact Podcast, a place to talk about walking your path and leading your artistic career through mastery, entrepreneurship, and social impact. I'm Raquel Ballestella, a business coach and a theatre maker, and I'm here to help you build a sustainable, impactful, and freaking awesome career as an artist. Following your creative call is one of the most exhilarating and deep doubtful fulfilling journeys there is, and it's one where we feel the most vulnerable too. It can be everything but easy at times, but I know you wouldn't settle for anything less. This podcast is made by and for entrepreneurial artists who are finding new ways of creating more art and impact in the world. if learning how to lead your career as an entrepreneur while building a heart-to-heart community, having a pretty beautiful bank account and loads of fun along the way. It's your thing too. This podcast is for you. Let's dive in. Hey and welcome to one more episode of Art Impact! I'm your host, Rocca Bellestella, and I'm so thrilled to have you here. Oh my, oh my, what a brilliant, powerful, and heartwarming conversation we have today! In today's episode, I'm talking with Dr. Joan Moore. Dr. Joan is an author, drama therapist, and play therapist who specializes in supporting foster and adoptive families. She's the creator of the Theatre of Attachment model, and in her vast experience, she found out that creative arts are among the most effective methods of therapy to enable children and young people to accept their pasts for new, secure and healthy relationships and thrive. In this episode, we talk about how play and storytelling can support children to overcome trauma and realize their full potential. The theater of attachment model is a beautiful and innovative approach to life history therapy applied mainly in the child's family home. Joan's research for her doctoral study at Leeds Beckett University explores the use of narrative and drama to support children's recovery from trauma while promoting mental health and the formation of secure and healthy attachment relationships with their new caregivers. You can find more about her amazing research and practice In her book, A Narrative Dramatic Approach to Children's Life Story with Foster, Adoptive, and Kindship Families using the Theatre of Attachment Model, among many, many other books and resources. This is a brilliant, beautiful, and moving conversation. I can't wait to share it with you. Let's dive in. So, Joan Moore, welcome to the Art Impact podcast. I'm so excited to have you here today. It's such an honor, such a pleasure, such a joy. I can't wait for our chat. And uh, yeah, welcome to our podcast.
1: Thank you. <laughs> look forward to taking part.
0: <laughs> <laughs> lovely, lovely. Um, Joan, I would love to start uh, with. Uh, with uh, one of my favorite questions of this podcast um, tell us your story tell us how you came to become uh, the amazing play therapist and, and drama therapist and that, he, that you are and and all the beautiful things you have done that we are going to talk um, the the theater of attachment model and all but tell us your your backstory how how was the journey for you Right, well, and um, I
1: guess I came into it um, from being um in a, a social worker previously to my <gasps> To training yes yeah. and um and I was quite a few years in social work and when I had my children and we moved to um uh, well I moved into uh, back into social work in Milton Keynes area Um that was when I was working a child care team so I was moving children from foster home to foster home to foster home as more and more broke down and what I realized from doing the, all that kind of work was to uh, to realize that um a lot of the children simply didn't understand why they were moving. And so they mm. blamed themselves all the time. Mm-hmm. And I also found at the same time with having my own children, that the way to um, you know, keep them happy was to tell stories and to, to play.
0: Oh. Yeah.
1: So that was my way into getting to know these children yeah. and helping them to understand why they were moving and what, what was happening to them. So yeah. that is really how I came into doing this particular area of work.
0: Oh wow! Oh wow! That's interesting. I didn't know that. Oh wow! Oh wow! And uh, and uh, tell us tell us about uh yeah the theater of attachment model. What it is? How yeah how. What it is? What it is? Tell us more.
1: Well, the theatre attachment, I guess, it's it's just realizing in a way that for me, anyway, um, it was realizing that well, theatre um, is the kind of it's, it's the kind of doing, isn't it? It's the presentation and the visual kind of um, you know presentation of what yeah. goes on on the stage, of what goes on in the stage of life, if you like. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. so so an attachment is about um, having an under having a a relationship a strong enough relationship to, to feel safe you know within your situation so obviously insecure attachment means that you're not feeling safe mm-hmm. and you know attachment and so the thing it seemed to me that um um theater attachment encapsulated the whole idea of helping children to work out why is they felt unsafe and how to help them to feel safe again mm. but, and, and also theater is about enlarging isn't it and expanding and enlarging everything that's kind of happening. and by repeating everything you know that children do as they you know as they're doing it as they're saying it um not in a patronizing way but generally you know I mean? yes. just echoing things you know as, as, as a, a, in the way that um, a nurturing mother would echo her baby's cries and, and her baby's babbles and what have you and similarly by echoing all of these things children kind of realize that the importance of what they're saying what they're delivering. Mm yeah mm-hmm. yeah and mm-hmm. so making that kind of like real and big and visual you know and and doing things actually something about the physical that kind of um bypasses the thinking part of the brain almost
0: yes yeah.
1: so, you know so that um it becomes a new part of yourself you know yeah.
0: yes 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 wow wow yeah what what I find really fascinating um about the theater of attachment model is is theater or you know theater tools storytelling tools like as as a way to connect you know as as Mm -hmm. allowing children to tell their story to tell their truth in a way tell Mm -hmm. in a a way that it that I I love how how you you are so careful with that like in a way that is also Uh, respecting their own privacy, their own individuality, you know, but they can tell um, Mm -hmm. because we are talking about children who have a very difficult story with that Mm -hmm. have passed through. So trauma and, you know, uh, so we are not talking about like easy stories here about about, uh, talking about very heavy, heavy stories, heavy heavy things that have happened. So they are able to share that yeah. In a way that it's respectful with with themselves, with their individuality, with their privacy, exactly. but 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 still share, but they are still able to share and then still able to connect with yeah. with their current carer, with you know uh to still establish this connection. I found so so beautiful this, this yeah. Theater as a tool for connection, you know, yeah. and uh, yeah, yeah, no.
1: It's also involving the parents and um, you know the, the caregivers um, as the audience and also as participants in the drama, because they take part just as much as the child does, and I do, and um, you know, so they are part of the whole, um, the whole scene, and uh, as a result, they kind of understand where the child's coming from much better because they're experiencing the same things as the child in the moment. Mm. That's a really crucial part of it as well. Mm,
0: okay. And then ah because
1: uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's all ages of children and you're using play or whatever it is that the child's into art whatever vehicle suits the child best you know you're using that vehicle in order to then develop the drama you know around there uh, help them to tell their story as it were so you know it might just be with a little one a four-year-old you know, you might be just using supermarket toys you know to I mean? and and playing parts of different customers going to the supermarket you know and the cashier and what have you and what happens when something you know um, unexpected it goes on do you know what I mean when um, you know a customer perhaps um, slips something you know down into their shoe that they shouldn't have done you know so have mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to deal with that person you know
0: mm-hmm. and
1: because, because it's play and because it's like you know it's not particularly about it is them that's doing it it's also about somebody else you know it's a fictional character mm-hmm. and that's the distance I think that really helps them to process what's happened to them so much
0: more mm yes 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 and uh, yeah yeah oh yeah and and you, you know this what it what what is very what is very yeah it's striking to me as well and in, in the stories you know that i that i that i that i that i um read in your books and all and that were so inspiring and and honestly like personally inspiring for me oh, good. um to see like how the children developed you know yeah. and and through this process how the children got the chance to like untangle themselves somehow you know from from all those uh, mm-hmm. kind of you know, i don't I don't want to say bad stories but maybe unproductive stories or stories mm-hmm. that were holding them back you know or mm-hmm. or stories that were making them scared more scared or or not trusting or even though they had reasons now you know they were in a new context where they could trust where they could you know be less scared but the the stories were living in those stories were living there so for me it was so beautiful to see how this process was an a way for them to to retell their stories you know and 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 uh yeah yeah Mm -mm. Yeah. and
1: sometimes it's a matter of um you know when they really are held back it's it's a matter of finding the story that suits them and telling them a story
0: you Mm -hmm.
1: know they can really connect with and then that can then they can develop their own from that point onwards you know so that's really helpful i think Mm
0: -hmm. yeah oh wow
1: i mean part of it is developing a story um you know that's actually their their story the real life one but also it's developing the story as an analogy of of their real story so that they can, you know, see exactly what happened to the little tiger that, you know, perhaps, um, you know, his mummy perhaps disappeared and ended up having to live with a family of lions by mistake, you know, almost. And <laughs> how do <laughs> to adapt, you know, but it's a different species. So I think that's very much the kind of experience of a lot of children who would come into foster care, you know what I mean, then have to be moved on again. They might move back to a family of tigers, maybe, maybe it's a different breed of tiger, you know, that has different expectations of them, you know. Yeah. 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 It's all of those kinds of things, you know what I mean, where they experience the smells, the sounds, the fears, you know, all sorts of things that actually happen in that kind of story they can really relate to. Mm. But it's about a tiger, it's not about them, if you see what I mean. It's a story, so it has that distance where they can accept or reject what doesn't apply to them.
0: Ah, Yes, yes, yes yes there is this kind of the story allows for some kind of new freedom can I say like like that isn't it To yeah 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 Yeah. oh wow yes
1: I think also it's a way to kind of build empathy because I think that's the critical thing you know it's the building of empathy particularly you know and the the new caregivers who might be really struggling to understand where the child's coming from Mm. because obviously they child might you show some quite rejecting behavior sometimes mm-hmm. uh, yeah just because of the hurt they've been through and yet their expectations are being let down
0: yes yeah, yes
1: so the way forward to kind of rebuilding all those connections so that the child actually think oh my goodness they really do understand yeah mm. yeah mm,
0: yeah beautiful that yeah and, and it's amazing because doing that through play and storytelling uh a lot it's kind of allow us really to connect from not just the rational, our rational part, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And uh, isn't it? because I think I'm yeah. think because you said like allows the the carer, the new carer to really feel, you know, what the in a way what the children has is going through or has mm. went through, and and I think I I think it really allows for the child to be really li- feel listened. To, yeah. because the one thing is like okay to receive like kind of a, a, a resume or a cv of a child or that happened that didn't happen that happened and and okay and okay now i know what happened uh, yeah. and that's not true it's really oh, no, not true not really. yeah
1: version and it's not the same as the kind of feeling version
0: yeah mm. Mm. Oh, say, say that again i think that's so say-
1: good yeah, I was saying that the paper version is not always the same as the feeling version. Of, mm. Uh,
0: mm.
1: Uh, yeah, you know, it, it tells only that it's very two-dimensional in a way, isn't it, the paper version? Obviously, it's just words written on a piece of paper. But um, But when you actually act it out, you know, and you feel it, and I think it's that, so that, you know, it's just you get to see it from the parents' perspective and the birth parents' perspective and the child's perspective um, and the other people's perspective who are maybe trying to help. So I think it's just very, very influential in that way. Just being able to see it from many, many more dimensions so that you can actually pull them all together.
0: Mm. Yeah. Okay, so then you also is able to 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 add new dimensions to to that story to you know to what happened to yeah yeah
1: yeah. It's like the birth mother who's um
0: like really really struggling and um she's
1: realised in the middle of the night she's um you know sort of uh, you know got a dirty nappy she's run out of nappies what does she do she thinks about going to the all night shop but do I take the baby with me but I haven't got any covers to put on the baby's pram. You know, um, so do I leave the baby alone? Oh, nothing will happen to it. Oh, but maybe I should. No, won't. No, be quicker to go by myself. So, what? What the point of that story is that, you know, whatever she does, it's going to be the wrong thing, isn't it? You know, baby out into the freezing night, you know, with no covers or hardly anything on. You know, not enough on, or you know, leave risk leaving the baby unattended. So, I think it. You know, then that way that the carers and the children get to realise that the parents were sometimes up against you know a, a no-win situation
0: mm, yes
1: the sheer bad luck and so you you blame lady luck instead of just blaming people all the time you know for mm, mm,
0: yes yes yeah. and, and and onto that something that I would love to to yeah point as well that was very moving for me is that in in the stories that you narrate that you know in the case studies that you have in your books and uh That I totally recommend to everyone to to read. The stories, the 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 child seems to always find some peace and calm, you know, as kind of a solution, not not to the whole story, you know, that not that things have changed, you know, or the big traumas have changed, you know, but to find a solution or some peace and calm for himself after there is some kind of this multi-understanding or all the perspective and there is the word that comes to me is compassion somehow you know after yeah. there is there is always it's always like compassion at the end that yeah. kinds of solves you know this big uh scary and and threatening uh and oh. and depressing stories in a way do, yeah. what, what do you think about that what yeah. oh yeah no
1: absolutely i think that's the exactly what i'm trying to aim for i mean i talked about it as empathy but it is it's 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 combined with compassion and and genuine understanding and genuinely kind of going through what some of the what the child went through but in the kind of obviously safe play situation where you know you've got quite safe boundaries and um so yeah yes Yes, but I think it is that um, once the parent I think once the child experiences the compassion from the parent and I sometimes school the parents when I talk to them in between sessions so I would get you know and I would prepare them for things like doing the life story plays for example and so I would say prepare them to remember to sort of say things like um, you know oh that would never have happened if you'd been my child and you know and um, oh gosh your your, your, your mum was so brave when she did that well, didn't she you know that must have been so hard for her and just sort of things like that so that they show compassion and empathy as well for the birth parents in the particular mm-hmm. that they were in mm-hmm. and I think the child appreciates that because otherwise the child just feels like that they were the bad baby you know they got you know, chucked out as it were whereas I think this way around they get to realize that they were the hero of the hour because they survived all of this and none of it was really their fault
0: yes 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 mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, mm, I ha- yeah, I have two questions. One is that I, can you, can you talk through what usually when, and I think that's, of course, we can see more clearly in, in children who have a very deep trauma, but I also believe that that's a tendency of all of us. So when, usually when we have a trauma, when we are children, what is this, usually what's the story that children make on their mind? Is well, that- there, there is a, a pattern on that isn't it yeah. yes
1: yeah. and I think it is believing that um you know because um because you know the, the child just thinks oh I must have cried too much and so my mum, mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. it, and I was too, too big a burden for her to bear so she had to get rid of me mm-hmm. and that horrible feeling of, of nothingness and feeling that you know you've nobody's interested nobody cares you know and mm-hmm. that, I think that that kind of just a despair that they must experience sometimes through traumatic memories and what have you it's just quite colossal and very hard to work through but I think if you start off in a very light-hearted way with play mm. um, you know and then they, they they gradually pick up that that you're judge, non-judgmental in your attitude and that you're not actually going to be setting out to shame them or shame the the, where they've come from and once they've realized that that's that's kind of like letting you know letting the cat out of the bag almost you know what I mean but let, letting them freeing them up to develop it in any way they want really mm,
0: yes 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 mm. yes and uh, and uh, because yeah because we we tend like as children we tend to to Take on the responsibility, isn't it, for everything that is going on around? We we tend to, I d- yeah. don't know what happens with our brains, but uh, yeah. but uh, we tend to think to make the story of whatever is going on. We, we tend to transform the story in the in a sense that it's our fault, isn't it? Yeah. And that and, uh, and that we are like victims of what is going on. And and what is so beautiful of of your work and uh, it's like to help the child to understand. That he was not a victim. He he's a hero, isn't it? He's a survivor of of that story. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, if you think about it, you know, just back to your own week, you know, um, you know, there's so many times when you can like you could you might have had a really brilliant week, but the one thing that went wrong, you just go bellyache over that one thing, don't you, over and over again. Do you know what I mean? You know, maybe you um backed into a lamppost or something. Do you know what I mean? You think, oh, you know, I want to rewind those a few seconds. If only I would looked, if only I'd done this, if only I'd done that. And I think that's that's what children are stuck in so, so much of the time, you know, if only.
0: Yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes. So that's, it's really like a tendency that we all, we all have, isn't oh. it? Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. They're just young versions of, you know, of, of older humans, aren't they? Do you know what I mean? Younger versions. <laughs> you know, so yeah, we're all exactly the same in that respect. It's just, that's a human t- trait, isn't it? Yes,
0: yes. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. And something, you know, something that I really would love to hear your thoughts on um, how do you work accountability and compassion in those stories? You know, how mm-hmm. do would you do, do how, what are your thoughts on that for for that, me? what mm, Yes. I would well, love to hear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I was going to say for one of the things that I
1: think is that um, sometimes in terms of accounts, but sometimes um, there are facts that we know are facts, you know what I mean? So that, you know, for example, that um, uh, maybe a parent did something really bad, you know, and got imprisoned or whatever, or maybe they, um, and maybe the child is blanking that out, blocking that out and so, say, no, no, it didn't happen. So in this stories, sometimes I would, I always write a separate story of what the child's memories are. And I was saying the, the story in the file says this, but, so-and-so remembers it like this so that you've got both sides of the story Mm. you're not denying the child's own truth Mm. but you're also acknowledging that actually you know other people did see it like this as well you know Mm.
0: so you you hold both okay okay so you hold both yeah yeah yeah. ah yes
1: yeah. I think that's really important with the foster parents and adoptive parents as well, because they need to be held a lot of the time as well. And they might have different perspectives to what actually happened. They might tell a story about something whether that went wrong. Do you know what I mean? And, um, you know, and they sort of say notes like this. And Charles says, no, it's not it's like this. But again, you can put both sides of the story if you write it down. And then after the child, char- I've had done that so times, and then after the child's char- come back to me, she said, yeah, I know I did. I did take it. You know, I did take it. Mm. So, you know to mean to <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, but, but by that time they've processed it and they've realised, um, you know, that, that actually they're still going to be forgiven for it, so they don't have to hold on to that negative, you know, um, defensive kind of sta- stand that they were taking.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm, so good that that's so good. That's so good. That like accountability and compassion are not uh opposites at all isn't it they are they come together yeah yeah Apparently, yeah yes 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 yeah beautiful and what what i found really moving is that this big this big love isn't, isn't it that a child for has for her his parents uh, kind of no no for more difficult that things were how how is important for us to be able to to look at our parents, yeah, with love, you know, with yeah. with the best kind of version of love that we we, yeah. we can have, isn't it? Yeah. it yes,
1: yeah. Yes. I think that's what we're doing, really, isn't it? Modeling how to, you know, the, modeling ideal parenting. Yeah. You know. mm. You know, modelling how to how to show compassion how to be empathetic and how to have fun as well because I think I see the other most important part that I haven't really mentioned it till now but it's the I think for me the most single most important thing of this whole thing is actually having fun because <clears throat> have fun, and you really enjoy yourself you're engendering all those good feelings and all those good feelings that you're engendering are then lining the brain you know and and, and protecting you from the impact of depression and and you know sadness and all those negative feelings
0: yes 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 so let, let's talk about that that's something I would love to, to talk with you and uh let's talk yeah about fun and joy and yeah. uh and so and you say like light-hearted you know like because usually when when we approach I thought is that a traditional approach, you know, like therapeutic approach, like yeah. to go <laughs> to, to the it's drama, great. to the traumas and talk about it and, and kind yeah. of dig in, dig in, And, well, and, certainly. and mm. I think that's the trouble that
1: so much of um so much of trauma and so much of sorry, so much of therapeutic work has focused on trauma and on the negative um aspect of it and helping children to work through it. And I actually think that the whole the, it's a much more effective way is to help them to actually um, process it via just having fun um, and ah. raising their their level of um, you know a, a capacity to enjoy themselves, to, to enjoy their surroundings, to enjoy relationships, to enjoy warm feelings with people. I think if we can raise all of those feelings in the first place, yes, then, you know you're you're halfway to to um, you know dealing with the rest of it really.
0: Ah, yeah, that's so amazing. That's so beautiful. I think that's yeah. so, so beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I
1: you mean, know, I've done so much training of social workers in the past and where they've come to back to me afterwards and like they've never come across this approach before. They've never thought of starting with the positives rather than starting with the negatives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It makes so much more sense, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you feel me you had a laugh (laughs) (laughs) that's why it's so important to have lots of like very silly hats and you know stupid things that you know i mean and and to dress up in um you know and, and maybe be a frog you know hopping around the room and you know or or just be whatever you know what i mean and and just just let your hair down really and just let you know just be silly sometimes you know what I mean just so they can have a giggle and a laugh and <laughs> yeah, yes,
0: yes yes yeah 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 I think we yeah we devalue de- those things so much isn't it we oh that's that's uh, silly things that you know like and and yeah I think who, our culture now is really understanding the value of is is starting to understand the value of those things they Definitely, I have a feeling yeah yeah and I imagine for you yeah. John, because you started to work with like foster children and you had your own children yeah I, so I imagine that for you as as a professional it it should be it was hard maybe was it hard was playfulness was something that allowed you as well to you know to stay yeah. fully present with them and not how how was that for you well i would say it, it, the only when it was I would say it was made it easier because you were
1: like connecting with the children on their own level Mm. much much better than if you're just trying to have conversations with them, you know, and explain things and hard facts that they wouldn't really understand. But if you're doing it through play, you know, they do understand. But I think the hardest thing is when you've got um, um, foster carers or or even adoptive parents sometimes who really don't understand the children at all Mm. and almost want to punish them for mm-hmm. um, misdemeanors or whatever you know or being cheek and rejecting behavior and, and cheeky and that kind of thing you know um I think that that's the hardest thing for, to deal with actually and that's mm-hmm. where I think it's so important to kind of do all the preparation work before you even start because otherwise you're potentially really letting the children down yes
0: yes 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 mm-hmm. yeah
1: mm-hmm. yeah well just confirming their inadequacies you know what I mean because the parents will just keep on you know reinforcing the the wrong message <laughs>
0: yeah. Yes, yeah yes 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 mm. so provided
1: you're actually kind of working with the, with the parents in the room they, I think you kind of to a certain extent you know you're much more likely to be able to sidestep that and get you know a much better result out of it
0: yes yes yeah you-
1: preparation in advance and that's where you know with the preparation then you can suss out from their reaction to the child's life story you can often kind of get some um, insight into how they're thinking about the children and I think that helps you know what I mean prevent you know um the kind of worst disaster of <laughs> piling more um, pressure on them you know
0: yes 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 it's yes yeah yeah and yeah. uh yeah yeah no very good point yeah mm-hmm. so and then it's it's amazing that in this approach that you that you created i think it, there is a good opportunity for for the foster uh carer or for the ato- adoptive parent as well isn't it to 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 exactly. grow in a way isn't it to, exactly. to open themselves to the reality of, mm-hmm. of childhood of children of play or you know maybe mm-hmm. yeah
1: yeah, I can still remember. Oh gosh, from about more than twenty years ago now. You know, I can still remember one of my very first clients. Um, you know, a little boy of about five, and um, and I remember his mum. And I remember thinking that she was awfully still the adoptive mum. I think she'd only had him about six months or something, and um, she was really, really struggling to make sense of him. And um, he just seemed to cry all the time. He didn't seem to play. He didn't do this. I think you know that she was expecting him to, and um, and he was just obviously very distressed, very angry little boy and um, and I remember the very first session when I literally, I just provided a few cars for him, you know, and um, and let him play around with the cars, you know what I mean, and then he went and picked up a pencil, started doing some drawing and wanted to do a picture of the car and things like that and she was just after she said to me I was absolutely mesmerised, she says I've never seen him do that before. Mm. So from that point on she was much more able to engage with him because she realised all you had to do was provide the stuff and then kind of like engage a little bit in the play, fairly peripherally, but let the child take the lead. And it was so, you know, so, so informative. Mm. So yes. helpful for them. Yeah. Yes, yes. I mean, I, I, you know, sometimes, even just sometimes, you know, I, I would encourage them just to bring in a little bit of them, um, you know, especially if the adoptive parents, when they've got like space outdoors, you know what I mean, where they can put things, but you know, to have like a little tray of sand, and because then you have a load of little toy figures, well, they always stand up in sand where they wouldn't normally, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you can enact lots more dramas just in the safety of the sand tray because it acts as a container as well. Oh. Yeah it just keeps them happy for hours it's a stretch <laughs> you know <laughs> it's wonderful <laughs> you know what I mean because otherwise you're spending your life like chasing around you know trying to think what next what next what next you know how can I get through the rest of the day you know so yeah you probably yeah. remember as a mother yourself you know what I mean from when yours were tiny
0: yes definitely yeah. definitely yeah Yes. Yes. And, and, and for, for myself, I, (laughs) I did, I did, I like, I, I read so many books on, on play and, you know, early childhood and, Montessori and whatever I could grab when when I had my first little one because I I felt I just felt so lost you know I just felt oh there is something that is not working here you know like I felt so stressed and then and just to really it was really important for me to go after these resources and, and understand more about childhood I think I yeah my deep dive in early childhood started because yeah I became a mom and 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 struggled yeah
1: yeah 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 Yeah. I mean nobody teaches you how to be a parent do they really you know it's only experience you know what I mean experience of having been brought up in a particular milieu yourself just mean that teaches you how to be or how not to be
0: yes yeah definitely yeah Definitely, definitely, yeah. Um, oh wow, good, joan I I could talk forever. I really, I really could. <laughs> <laughs> I <know. laughs> time runs out, it? <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: And uh, yeah, and but uh, yeah, unfortunately, our our time is running out today, and uh, for today at least. And um, I would love yet yeah, to finish this beautiful talk um with two two questions. Um first one is share with us a moment in your career that was really really deeply fulfilling. Like one moment that kind of you feel like oh my god if I could live this like every day it would just be heaven, you know? Share share with us. Well it's almost too many of them but I suppose mm-hmm. I...
1: Uh, for me it's um it's when it's when you see the sheer joy. I can remember, you know, I can think of one little boy who um he wrote a rap of his life, the story of his life, you know, in, a, in the form of a rap. And um and then um I heard later on that he used that rap and he actually performed it for the whole of um, you know, the foster care sort of service in London, where they had you know, they had the children up on the stage doing various things, you know what I mean? And he performed his rap for them about the story of his life and he was so proud of himself and I was just like oh I was so proud of him because I just couldn't believe that he'd actually managed to find the confidence and the courage to get up and do that wow yeah. and he
0: was a client of yours isn't it yes yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: yeah he was uh-huh. one of three brothers and um and two of them well two two of them I think there's I think he was the one, that's right, that the, the, that the younger two had always kind of treated like come um, the run to the litter because they said that he didn't share their father. He had a different father. So he used they used to chant him, your daddy's dead, your daddy's dead, this kind of stuff. Wow. Then he found out that his dad wasn't actually dead. He just moved to Ireland and and found another life there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And he built a new family there, and he and the boy was so relieved when he understood the kind of sequence of events that had led to that in the first place. You know, and that he didn't. Need, and and when the little boy, the younger ones, realised that they'd made a mistake, they'd been told lies as well by their birth mother and this other, you know, new story, new narrative had emerged. Um, And they they just changed their relationship so much. And they were able to really support each other in school. And, you know, but the boy had always been so kind of like, you know, he'd always been the fall guy in his group. You know, he'd always been like kind of, you know, um, you know, caught for doing all sorts of inappropriate kind of behaviours. And that, that just changed things completely. And he became like, you know, he moved to nearly the top group in the class and, you know, Wow!
0: Wow!
1: So, from that point onwards so you know, that was fantastic, really.
0: Yes. But yes, I could
1: think of a few stories like that, but there isn't enough time. To go
0: through the <laughs> one more! One more! Just one more! Just one more!
1: Oh, no, I know. Well, I suppose another one that always stays in my memory um, is, is is one little boy who, again, a bit of a fool guy, um, had you know always been in trouble for you know doing things wrong, uh, wrong behaviors and stuff, and um, and he'd always been um, dared by his mates. You know what I mean to do things like look up girls' skirts and all kinds of things like that. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, and he was just. He, I think he'd been expelled from um, about three different schools. You know what I mean, just in the space of a year. You know. And, yeah when I took him on and um, and when he, re- one of the things that really happened was the drama where um we were working with him and his, his um, adoptive mother. And, mm-hmm. and I was acting as the birth mother. So I was kind of like fairly, you know, acting a bit drunk, coming with a broken arm to the hospital, do you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. the, the mum was the nurse, the adoptive mum was acting as the nurse. Mm-hmm. And, and he was the doctor, you know, the boy was the doctor. With his white coat on and everything else, stethoscope works, you know, um, and, and, um, and the, and the, and he and he was sort of thinking, dithering about whether what to do about operating on my arm. You see, and um, and he and, and the nurse said, "But you'll need an anaesthetic, and they don't work if you're drunk." You know, we, we don't know if there was any truth in that, but anyway, it <laughs> no <so, laughs> <laughs> to say it, you know. anyway. So um, so he sort of turned around. And he sort of said, "Oh," he said, "You're too drunk." He sort of said, "Um, because I was like obviously kind of like falling all over the place, slipping off my chair. Do you know looking like the part? You know, and." Yeah. Um, and he said, uh, he said, um, I can't operate on you. So um, there's no point, no point in even trying with you, is there? He said, he said, you've just exhausted my patience. Just, just go, just go, you know. And he was just so, you know, but from that point, he'd always, he'd always defended his birth mum at that point. He'd mm. always believed he was the goody two-shoes, you know what I mean? And it was the dads that were the problems. you know what I mean? Because they were the yeah. ones that end up in prison and what have you. And, you know. Um, but um, then that she she realized he realized that she wasn't blameless either yes you know and it was two sides to the story sort of thing so from that point on you know he just suddenly realized that he was being better looked after where he was Mm. and um yeah yeah that was a real turning point that moment
0: yes yes wow wow yeah yeah and and really maybe put uh, he was able to put a boundary isn't it that uh, that was yeah that was yeah. good good for him isn't it and then yeah and, and, yeah. and uh, yeah. then uh, I mean,
1: we tried trying to kind of balance it out later by sort of you know explaining why why she got drunk do you know me what, I mean? mm-hmm. what the was on her so that he didn't kind of go just kind of just blaming her but actually understanding where she'd come from but the thing was he'd got that much more adult appreciation of there being been two sides to the story, do you know what I mean? Rather than, you know, you either loved or you didn't. Do you know what I mean? It was... Yes,
0: yeah. yes, yeah. yes. I do. Mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm,
1: sorry, I was going to say just one quick thing. I do a lot of these things. Um, I do what they call a water game with mm-hmm. water that represents, like, you know, love that flows until it gets blocked with suffering. And I use cling film to, for suffering. Do you know what I mean? And it's a great way to kind of show that love can just keep flowing and flowing and flowing. And you don't have to just say you have this bit of love for this person or that bit of love for that person, but you can just keep flowing between all the cups and the jugs. So it's a really good metaphor for explaining the life story you know in another way
0: oh wow oh wow so yeah show me tell me more about this image because it's such a beautiful thing so the clinging film is the suffering so when we we put a clinging film over a cup for example that's
1: it's half full of water but no water can get in once it's covered up and mm. it come out either So it's Mm. a two way thing, you know what I mean? Very literal. So it's like you know, once you get blocked, once you have block your feelings, you can't let them out, you know. So of course, when then I always get them to dig their finger into the cup to make a hole because we know you survived, didn't we? (laughs) definitely they did (laughs) but then then also you can then pour it out and you usually say look it still pours out more slowly than if you kind of just so then at the end of it you get the adoptive cup um, family to actually peel off the layers the the parents peel off the layers and then all the cups and the drugs in the new family can just keep pouring each other and filling each other with love so it's a lovely ending
0: yes yes oh that's such a beautiful thing yes a really effective tool yeah yeah yeah. wow beautiful beautiful yeah so yeah what comes to my mind a lot is that judgment and accountability are also two different things isn't it the judge judgment doesn't serve us doesn't seem to serve us at all you know like to have a a very you know you you are you are that or
1: not have judgments but you have to just Mm. be able to look at it from other angles and other perspectives and to get a bit more balance, really
0: yeah. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Mm, beautiful
1: yeah. and as as um, it, I say that that water game thing i think it's quite de- um, described in a fair bit in um, the developing secure attachment book
0: mm, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yes 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 yeah. nice nice now definitely will check it out oh beautiful such yeah. a beautiful image yes yeah. and um and when when one last question. Um, John, if you I know that's a tricky question, but if you why why do why do you do what you do? Uh, well, I think it is just
1: you know an impulse to kind of try and make the world a better place, really. Mm. <laughs> yes! <laughs> you know, to create good feelings and you know and and you know make things help help people feel happy with their circumstances so they can get on with their lives
0: yeah 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 beautiful yeah yeah oh that's amazing oh my goodness thank you so much john such a beautiful conversation thank you so much for all your beautiful powerful joyful work and everything (laughs) mixed together
1: (laughs) thank you very much for sharing let's wish you share (laughs) it
0: oh you're very very welcome and uh yeah and 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 yeah looking forward to hear more from you and and hear more stories yeah thank Thank you so much for being such a bright light in in this world (laughs) <laughs> uh, <to> <laughs> <Keep going. laughs> okay then. Now I wonder, what was your favorite insight in this episode and most importantly, how can you integrate this new discovery into your practice as a creator right now? Want to go deeper? Go to our website and subscribe to our newsletter and receive exclusive insights and inspiration on building a freaking awesome career as a socially engaged creator every other week. Thank you so much for listening. As always, you can find our show notes or any links that we mentioned today on our website www.raquelbalistella.com slash podcast. If you got some interesting insights or found more clarity and inspiration in this episode, could you please do me a quick favor and leave us a five stars review? This podcast is still pretty new and your review will help other artists just like you to find it and discover new ways of expanding their art and impact too. Thank you so much for following your creative path. And for all the beautiful, meaningful, extraordinary things you create in the world, whatever form they take. Have a great rest of your week and I will catch up with you next time.